Hi everyone, my name is Taniella Evans and I'm the co-creator of Global Literacy Org NABU and I'm also your host for this Women Giving a Bleep podcast. Women Giving a Bleep is a space for women and their allies who are building enterprises to change the world, where we will discuss the opportunities and the challenges associated with building out their boundary-breaking enterprises. Welcome to Women Giving a Bleep. It's been a crazy year um, and six months since we released a Women Giving a Bleep episode. I know the COVID-19 pandemic has affected all of us in really different ways. And for me personally, it's been incredibly overwhelming at times. But during those times, I realized that I was spending time with the women in my life that has kept me strong and focused. They've been the glimpses of normality and connection that have kept me tethered to my purpose. And so I've been thinking more about how we create spaces for women to come together and support one another and how we value our own health and well-being while pursuing our purpose. Now, of course, this is a huge global trend. The global wellness economy is a $4.5 trillion market and wellness tourism is $640 billion annually. So with greater awareness of the need for self-care, there is a huge potential to tap into this market and women especially are well positioned to capitalize on this enormous opportunity. So with that said, welcome everyone back to Women Giving a Bleep. And there is really no better way to come back than with my wonderful guest today, Sarah Leanne, to talk about her venture in wellness, her company, Super Retreats. Sarah is a phenomenon in Asia and has worked internationally as an actress, a TV personality and an entrepreneur who's turned her hand to mental health and wellness, opening up spaces for women to come together across her home country of Malaysia. Sarah, welcome to Women Giving a Bleep. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> awesome to have you. So of course I want to get started, you know, I want to get into your journey with Super Retreat, which is really becoming now a movement of women across Malaysia, um, committed to their wellness journey. But first I wanted to just ask you a bit about your early life and career and kind of what got you here today. I read that you were born in Malaysia, of Chinese Malaysian heritage, but grew up mainly in Vancouver, Canada. So what was that like growing up as an Asian immigrant in, in Canada? They, I moved to Canada when I was, um, I just turned eight and <laughs> my, my family in Malaysia says I lost my accent the minute I got on that plane. <laughs> so I think I assimilated in the culture quite easily. I think I'm just really chatty and, and, and I love absorbing my environment. So I think that's what, that's what happened naturally. Um, as an Asian immigrant during that time in the early '90s, I think it was it was um, it was a time when there was a huge immigration um, exodus. I think from a lot of these uh, Asian countries to Canada. Um, at that time, Canada had a really great immigration policy. Um, it was a point system. If you were educated, you could speak English, things like that. It would help further your cause. And um, and so yeah, I think my family took that up and we decided to uproot Malaysia and move over to Canada. So I had a very, I would say I had a very fulfilled childhood. I think anything that you saw in the movies, I felt like I somewhat experienced that. Um, so it was, it was quite, it was good. I mean, I, I definitely knew I was an immigrant, but I never felt like an outsider. I think it was because I have a natural 
chatty, outgoing nature. So it was just very easy for me to connect with people. Mm, that's awesome. And, you know, um, I noticed that you've been very vocal actually on social media about the Stop Asian Hate Movement. And I did just want to ask you about that up front, you know, not as the kind of tokenistic, you know, spokesperson, but just if you wanted to share with us, because I just, I was really moved by by what you shared on your social media. I mean, how do you think, what can people like me, other women who might be listening to this podcast, what can we do to stop this violence and xenophobia towards the Asian and Pacific Island communities? Yeah, thank you so much for asking and, and giving me an opportunity to share a little bit about that. Um, you know, I am an immigrant, I'm not a citizen. So, um, well, I think actually that's my, yeah, so the rest of my family are citizens of Canada. I'm the only one that's not. And I've been based out in Malaysia, which is, you know, which is fine. But it's very, it's very surreal to look at what is happening to, um, to things in North America right now, especially all the Asian hate. Um, and it's, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening. And I think, you know, to really talk about it is that Asians are seen as, as you know, one dimensional and, and not one dimensional, it's as if there's only one race, but there isn't, there's just so many races and cultures. And, and so the, the unfair scapegoating of coronavirus and our global pandemic is like onto Chinese people or people from China. And there are Koreans, Japanese, Vietnamese, Thai, Malaysian, Cambodian, Filipino, Lao, like Myanmar, like there's just so many different types of Asians. And it's so painful to see like such a broad stroke uh, against them. Mm -hmm. I, my mom was, my mom has always been telling me, oh, you're in Asia, you know, be safe. And I had to have that, I had to have a conversation with my mom, like the talk, you know, people always say, you know, in, in, for a lot of black Americans or people that identify as black or are seen as black, they have to have the talk, like what's going to happen if this, you know, what are you going to do? So I had to have the talk with my parents. Like, what are you going to do if somebody comes up to you and does X, Y, and Z, what are you going to, you know, how are you going to react? And, you know, and it was just frustrating to have that conversation. And I'm thinking, you know, my parents have been in Canada for the past 20 years. This is, this is a bit ridiculous. And um, my dad was um, unfairly handcuffed uh, by a police officer. And because my dad and I are both very vocal, my dad knew his rights. He wasn't afraid, but, and my dad speaks perfect English. So, you know, sometimes people that have, people that uh, in, where English is a second language, they get really intimidated very quickly. Like they don't want to say the wrong thing. So they don't say anything at all. And then it's so easy for a situation to be misconstrued. And, and it's just really unfortunate right now. I think communication needs to be, you know, like more needs to happen. Um, and I think for anybody that's listening to this podcast, it's really about how, um, how we can stand up for one another is that if you see injustice to stand up, to say something, just like, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to step in and say, is everything okay? Do you need some help? Um, and that's it. Sometimes people just need to feel validated. Like, okay, I thought, I thought that was a bit weird. You know, they're like, yeah, that was really unfair. And sometimes you just need to know that you have allies. <laughs> so thank you for asking that. That's awesome. Well, it sucks that you have to have that conversation with your parents, but you know, um, there are lots of people out there 
you know, myself included, that are just shocked and horrified and standing with you and the whole Asian Pacific Islander communities. We're actually producing a book um, at NABU that is meant to kind of counter some of that racism. So we're telling the story of uh, Rachel, and this was in partnership actually with a Japanese um, amazing woman, Jessica Michibata, and it just talks about some of the racism she experienced growing up, and we, we show in the story how she overcame that. And so, you know, I just hope that it's really important, right, that we see also just more people uh, of all different backgrounds and ethnicities and minorities in entertainment as well, which is, I know where you got your start. Um, I read that you, you kind of, um, you've been acting really from a very young age, like what led you to, to the entertainment world? In Canada, they they published these community center um, news, uh, not newsletters, sort of like catalogs, like, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, and you can sign up to workshops and classes and things like that. And so I signed up to one, which was called like improv for kids. And that's how I sort of discovered um, being on stage and, and, you know, uh, you know, presenting every like 15 weeks or something would come up with a show, a variety show, or we'd do a play. And so it was just actually really fun um, to explore that. And then that's when I got my first agent. And then, you know, I just never had an issue with people, I guess, looking at me or, or being seen. And so it's, it's very daunting for a lot of people. And I, and I definitely understand that, but I, I didn't mind it. And I, and I loved working hard and being able to perform. So that's kind of how I got started. And then because Vancouver is Hollywood North, uh, most people are extras in movies. And so you just make a quick buck here and there doing college. And that's sort of what I did. And then just explored it a little bit further and started booking work. And it wasn't so difficult for me. So I felt like, I guess, things were aligning and, and you know, it just, it just worked out and things snowballed. I started my career in North America, I was doing film and television, and then I moved over to Asia to see if I could get different kind of work, work experience. And, and yeah, and so that carried me through Hong Kong, Singapore, and Malaysia. So um, yeah, let's talk about how this led to super retreats. I mean, was it during, like, how did the idea come about? Was it while you were in the entertainment industry, you realized there needed to be a space for this or? How did, how did the idea happen? It actually happened organically. So I run a company. It's going to be our 10th year now. It's called Super Good. And it's a boutique talent management. We do influencer marketing, digital stuff, as well as PR. And so I just brought my staff together and, and my talents as well. And we thought maybe we'd just take a little break. So take a little retreat. And it was because our company is called super good and we decided to go on a retreat, we're like, we'll just call it super retreat. If you want to hashtag it or anything like that. So we did that and it was, it was really fun. And my business partner just thought that it was such a great way to connect with everyone. And we were also doing um, workshops within our, we were doing workshops to workshop our own stuff. Sometimes what we do is a lot of my talents are hired by corporate companies to give talks on nutrition, wellness, motivation, that kind of thing. So we just wanted a place to be able to uh, sort of share ideas and give each other constructive criticism. So 
in that space, we thought, okay, well, what if we offered this externally to others? And so we did our by invitation retreat where we invited about 12 women from all walks of life, different levels, different stages, uh, married, not married, engaged, kids, entrepreneurs, corporate, uh, juniors. And so we just gave them an experience that was like a three day, two night retreat. And so they gave us really great feedback. And then from there, we were able to conceive this super retreat, what it is now of like a space for people to just connect. And that's kind of how it happened. It happened organically. I would say it was not the intention. I'm going to change women's lives. It was just like, let's just have a place for people to sort of feel like they can take a break from life. It was just as basic as that. And then with my coaches, we decided to really, okay, carve out a journey. It's not like you're attending a conference and there's a bunch of workshops there. It was really like, how are you going to feel when you first arrive and how do we want you to feel when you leave? And so the story of empowerment is really about unlocking your stories, unlocking um, your feelings, having access to your emotions, really giving yourself a time and space to feel and to connect with other people. And by doing all of those things, you're going to walk out feeling more confident because you have the clarity to move forward or you have an understanding of your own truth. And I think that's really the beauty of super retreat because it's not something I've kind of created maybe a container or a space, but it's actually the women that come that have found themselves. And then we, we can't help find them, right? They've got to, they got to do their own work and they've got to, they've got to make it happen. So we really provide the tools and the coaches are there to sort of give you that atmosphere of love and compassion, like unconditional love that we just want you to win in life. And so with all of that, you know, we see these women come out of the program or come out of the retreat out of the three days, like completely renewed or like a a totally different perspective of who they are, even though everything in their life has stayed the same. Mm. It's your perspective. It's the shift that happens. And so, yeah, that's kind of, I guess what we do. Yeah. And at that very first retreat where you were there just with your other partners, um, it's super good. You know, I mean, what were you doing at that first one where you thought, oh yeah, we should open this up. I mean, when I think about retreat, I'm like, you mean like go to the spa, lie on the beach, but it sounds like you were actually doing something kind of productive in that time. Yeah, we, we had, I mean, we had uh, a certain amount of time to do the workshops. And so we did like media training or, or whatever kind of workshops that we normally do. Um, but it was that there was no, it felt easy, even though we knew we were going to learn and we were going to practice. And it felt like there was a real like camaraderie. And also one of the coaches, she did this one workshop, which is kind of like courageous conversations. It was an imago technique. You just mirrored the other person and, you know, you, we find commonalities within each other. And then at the same time, we also start to share anything that we've been feeling. And you'll have partner work where the partner will end up supporting you, but they may not be the person that you want to speak. They just are a representative of that. And so when you're able to get that out and you start to really share so deeply, I think my business partner was like, wow. He was like, I didn't know that about Gina, you know? And, and so he was like, oh, wow. We, you know, and everyone just felt way more connected 
And I think that was just like, it was kind of the start of something because sometimes, yeah, you go to these work conferences or perhaps team building, or, you know, your, your company goes on a, on a business trip and you don't really connect. Maybe you will like chat. Oh yeah. How are the kids? You chat over uh, a lunch and a dinner, but this is a real deep connection where, you know, your partner shares something special with you and that no one else needs to know unless you want to share your own story. So it was just, everybody felt safe enough to do so. And I think that was like, huh, this is interesting. Where can we go from here? (laughs) Yeah. And that idea of a safe space, you know, I was talking about that with a friend of mine the other day and just how we, what does it mean to feel safe? You know? And I think for me, it just naturally happens around other women because there's a a certain mask that comes off, you know? And I I felt this actually really recently, I did a little like Instagram video about it because I had a call with this phenomenal woman who's killing it. And, you know, I really look up to her. And at the end of the call, she was like, oh, by the way, you're just, you're doing a really great job. I just want you to know, like, you're doing, you're like killing it. And I had to rush to get off that call because I was like, really about to cry and you know even after the call it was just like it was so overwhelming to feel that scene and you know and it wasn't kind of her bigging up my ego or anything it was just really like hey I see you and you're hustling and you're doing great and you know it's really powerful so you know at super retreats I mean what does it mean for you and and the women that come to to feel safe I think it's creating that container and like setting up sort of the rules and the boundaries of what's gonna happen and, and, and what it means and, and how we're gonna share and how we're gonna honor each other. I think when you set up that container and some people really go there, that's when you know, okay, they're going all in. And in Asia, I guess Malaysia specifically, there's so much conditioning in our culture Mm-hmm. in terms of how to present ourselves how to what we say this is what we say often is saving face is just making sure that you know our reputation is intact <laughs> so it's not very easy for people to just open up but I think when the coaches are there to say like I, I'm going to be here with you and I'm going to be there to hold you and and we're going to make sure that this is safe for you I think that's when people really open up and so even in the first day when people start sharing, it's like, I just automatically start tearing when I see a beautiful moment. And when I, when I, when I see that women are acknowledging themselves and it's so powerful and it's so hard to keep that emotion down. And so when it just comes out as a release, I think people see like, wow, that's like the real deal. And it's not like, I'm just trying to like crank up the waterworks just for show, but it's like, I I really feel it. You know, it's just like when you watch a movie and you see a touching moment or you see an act of kindness and you're just like crying, like, <laughs> what is going on? You know, because it's like your, your heart feels that love, your heart feels so touched. And so in Super Retreat, it's like when the moment we get there, we honor you because we know it's not easy to acknowledge that pain or acknowledge that, that moment or that trauma or that, 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 um, that memory. And, and what happens is that 
when you see that person for who they are, it unlocks a part of you because you can understand it, you empathize, right? And so that's when it becomes infectious and that's why it feels safe. So that's kind of how we go about it. And, and it almost, yeah, I would say almost at every single retreat we've ever hosted, you know, even the quiet ones that are a little bit guarded, like at some point they know that when you are filling their cup and you're giving them so much love, like they, they will receive it and, and it will come through and they will also know how to give, give love as well. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. And, and so how are some of the women who've been through this, you know, what's the feedback you're getting? How, how, how does it impact them when they're there um, or afterwards? Like what's the change or transformation that, that happens? So I think the transformation for anyone that is looking for answers is they want to be a bit more conscious. Um, we all live our life unconsciously. We have no idea that like we do, we do things because our parents are a certain way. And so that's why we do them. We, we have, we have, we're not actually in conscious thought. And so what happens at our retreat is because you're so present with what comes up. You, you notice what you notice. You notice why you're so angry when this girl talks. You notice why every time this other person talks, you start crying. You start being more conscious about this. And we ask you the questions of how to really dig deep and ask yourselves, like, what are the patterns? What are, um, you know, what do you keep doing? And for most of the girls, they always tell me this was the start of their healing journey. They had no idea they were harnessing all these trapped emotions, this trauma, you know, and trauma doesn't necessarily have to be the worst thing. Like, I mean, not to take anyone's experience away, but, you know, you don't have to be sexually abused to, to experience trauma. It could be your mom yelling at you in, in a weird way, and that could stick with you. And, um, you know, reading certain books and things like that is, you know, oh, the way our egos are formed and we're a lot younger and in development, a lot of the things that happen to us, we only perceive as happening to us. We don't perceive as just happening. And so when you are, when you tell yourself that story, you carry that with you. And then, so, you know, you develop your own core beliefs. And so when that all happens and you're in um, a relationship where you feel bullied or you are in a bad work environment and it's, it's almost chronic. It's like from one boss to another, they're always the same. It's just, there's a lot of things that you don't realize you're evading or that you're choosing because of fear or, you know, unconsciously. And so through this, this healing journey allows everyone to slowly tap into like, well, actually, what is it that I want? Why can't I get to this point? What is this moment trying to teach me? And so as we start to unravel all of these things, these women start to see themselves in a different light. And because I created Super Retreat and it was just, let's just go on a retreat. Let's just do this. It's almost like I'm growing and my company is growing as they are growing. And when they leave the retreat, the connection and the bond and the sisterhood is just unparalleled. Like I have never been so connected with these women that were strangers 
you know, a year ago or even three days ago to be like, we are sisters and let's go on a retreat together. It doesn't have to be super retreat. Let's just celebrate a one-year anniversary and hang out and, and just be for that, be there for one another. And, and, and because we teach you how to hold space for a person, it's not like we're there to fix you or there to tell you anything. It's we're here to hold space. If you just need to vent, you just need to get some ideas across we're here for you. And so because we've been taught the same kind of tools, the women that walk out of super retreat are way more confident or able to, to ascertain what are the issues in their life or where it's coming from and what they need to work on. So there's so much more compassion and empathy and less judgment and, and anger. Um, and, and they forgive themselves more. And, and I think that's actually the most beautiful process because it allows you to understand yourself as a human. You're able to see other people as a human. So we don't get so angry or so triggered or so ticked off by these things. It still happens, but we're able to process it in such a way that helps us as individuals and helps whoever's around us to benefit from that. It's amazing. It's so cool. I feel like that's what I want to do on my next vacation. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is really, I'm like, yeah, I need to do this. So let's talk about the, the business side as well, because this is a business. Um, I mean, tell us how, how's the company grown, you know, since that very first one with just um, you and your, your partners and your friends to, to something now that's really expanding and, and not only within Malaysia, but also bringing it to other countries. Yeah. So um our retreats are not large. We try to keep it fairly small. So at max 30, but usually about 20 is good because it's it, it's a good size enough for people to feel connected, but not feel completely lost in a group. So we hosted about seven or eight events in our first uh, year. And it was like in person and it was hybrid of like weekend retreats, one day retreat, two, you know, two day retreats, half day, full day. So um, we really explored a lot. And I would say probably in January, we had about maybe a hundred people on our subscription list. Like we didn't even really do this subscription thing. And when the global, yeah. Or last year. Oh, sorry, sorry. Two years ago. You're right. Yeah, last year was like a blank. So in our, in our first year of really seeing where this could go, we probably had about a hundred people um, on, our, on our subscription list. And then um, when the global pandemic hit, we had just came back from our retreat. Thank the Lord that we were able to do that. Um, so we couldn't do any in-person events and the women that had participated were like, can you guys do something? Can we have like a circle or just connect because we just don't know what's going on. And I think, you know, all of our needs were sort of shaken up because people, you know, some jobs were, were being lost or no toilet paper. Uh, we don't know where we're going to food. I got to look, look after my job, my kids and the house. And so it was a very frustrating time. And so we sort of created a space for them on Zoom, um, just a little circle. And a lot of the women were like, thank you. This was like a godsend. So we thought, okay, why don't we try a couple more? And then I was like, okay, well, I could get another coach to come in to help them sort of recalibrate where they're at. And I just started adding more and more coaches from different parts of the world, from the UK, from the States, from Hong Kong. Uh, we had our Malaysian coaches as well. 
And by the end of the year, I had done 75 online workshops and we had grown our subscription from, you know, 100 to 800. So it was an incredible growth. It was organic. Um, And yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing to see growth in the pandemic. Um, At first, we started uh, with our first couple of months as pay as you can. Um, We would have a suggested amount and people would pay or not pay. And then we started to see where it was going to go. So I was just like, wow, this kind of opened up a new channel for me because I thought I was just going to do maybe quarterly retreats, like just plan a big one and we'd all go. But now it's like this business has once again taken me to a different place that I never thought I would go because you asked me five years ago, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, probably producing TV shows or, you know, heading towards that trajectory in the entertainment industry. Never in my life would I say I'm creating retreats for women and creating programs to help support women or empower women. I would never think of that. And so this year, the business is now opening up to both men and women and trying to also invite more men to really take control over their lives and, and being being supportive in their journey of healing. I'm not saying that women are the only ones that need that healing. I think it's just because I'm a woman, we can relate to women. We also have a better understanding of women. So with men's stuff, I'm definitely opening up to more men's programs, more men's circles, and just creating a space for that. And because I'm doing it virtually, as you mentioned, it doesn't have to be in Malaysia, like you can be anywhere else. So we've had people from Switzerland, India, Dubai, uh, join us on our call. And and it's, it's amazing, because we get to learn, you know, what they're going through. And, and, you know, it's not so different from all of us, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you're still going to feel that kind of pain or unwantedness, abandonment, you know, imposter syndrome, all those kind of things that make us feel uneasy. You know, now we have words to it. Now we have names to them and now we can work on them together. And so when we, when we share, it almost gives other people permission to feel those things. And, and so, yeah, that's how the business has evolved from, just retreats to like online workshops to now in-person events in Malaysia, we're able to host, you know, smaller events. And now looking at additional markets like men. (laughs) So, yeah. That's awesome. I love how you pivoted during the pandemic and still made sure there was a space um, for women, which is awesome. Um, And it sounds like, you know, I always think about women out there who maybe are, perhaps in a job that they don't love, but they want more purpose in their life. And, and often it's like, you know, okay, so how did you practically actually do this? Um, in terms of how you funded the company, it sounds like you really bootstrapped and you grew it quite organically. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, I pretty much paid for everything <laughs> on my own, but you know, it's, it's funneled through my company. And so my company has other divisions. So it was quite nice to at least have a decent cash flow. but yeah, absolutely bootstrapped. Um, I'm, I'm exploring to see if I want to take super retreat out of my company, super good and have it as its own entity, but I'm not in any rush at this moment. Everything is still more or less owned by me. I mean, I have my business partner, um, but, but yeah, bootstrapped for sure. 
<laughs> it's the way women know how to like, you know, you give me, you give me a dollar and I'm going to make it a hundred. Right. So it's like, and it's got that, that immigrant scarcity mindset. Like we don't have any money. What are we going to do with this? So, <laughs> so that's how that played a role in my life. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I mean, you know, how has super retreats changed you as a person? Have you found, you know, your own journey and you talk about empowerment a lot and I just wonder you know how is it impacting impacting you actually going on this journey it's impacted me so much like I was in a relationship broken up like I've invested my money in different things um and I think I've had a lot more compassion you know I am a type a ENTJ, like that kind of person, I get things done. There's no remorse. <laughs> it's like no feeling necessary. And, you know, I operated like that for most of my life. And I think it was just that, no, I got to get through this. I got to move forward. I got to set these goals. Like I've always just been go, go, go. And last year, I remember right in the beginning, we had a, we had a women's circle and it was like, you know, they, they made us do an exercise to like, describe a word that you need, describe, a, uh, use a word that's going to represent what you, you know, what you want people to see you as and things like that. And my word was surrender. Wow. And, and that was a huge one because it was very hard for me to do that. And I fought so hard. I mean, even my toxic relationship, I fought to keep it <laughs> so that I was in control. And I think when I completely unraveled, um, like I wrote this on my blog, but like, it was just, I had, it wasn't an epiphany. It was just like, I just could not, I just had to surrender and I had to really take stock of what was going on. And until I fully accepted what was going to happen, um, only then I felt like a true peace and a sense of freedom and like joy and love and all this kind of stuff. And I think for, for a woman in her late thirties, there's so much pressure, especially within the Asian community, there's so much pressure to get married. I think this is like a common theme with any working woman that's been trying to build their career. You are feeling like you need to get married. You feel like you have to have kids. My kid, my friends are onto their second and third kid. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Like 10, you guys are celebrating 10 year anniversaries. I can't even like keep a guy for another two years. Like I was like, what is going on? And I think it was like, every time I like, yeah, I, I guess as I, as I started to do more work, because when I'm at super retreat, as much as I am sort of uh, creating this container and creating this platform or, you know, this, this retreat, I'm participating. I don't think I'm above anybody. I'm there like with you experiencing all these things and it brings up a lot of stuff. And I think until I realized what my patterns were, needing external validation, um, just wanting um, people to look at me, achieving to find my worth, all these kind of things and, and finding a partner to validate who I am, you know, this, all this stuff until I could say, stop, find it in yourself, self-love, self-care. And until you are, you can do that within yourself, um, not saying only you'll be happy, but you will find true happiness. You're not going to seek it in other things. And when I started to be able to cultivate that using these tools and what the, the coaches have talked about and really tapping in and doing the work and journaling and writing things down, 
wow, like it has been a huge shift. Even the way I, I manage people, the way I speak to people is so different. And I mean, my talents feel it. <laughs> They're like, thank you for being so nice. <laughs> you know? I'm like, like not nice before, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it has completely changed me. And, and the kind of things that I've been able to attract into my life or manifested, you know, these, these words that we hear all these woo people say, it has been phenomenal. And I couldn't be more grateful and understanding what gratitude, what gratitude really means. It's not like, oh, yay, hashtag blessed. It's like really feeling like, wow, I, I like, like that energy that you feel just comes through. And then when you're happy with just that, it's like the universe is like, okay, I'm going to send you something else. And you're like, oh my God, can this not get any better? And so I'm just on top of the world right now. And I think when I meet people, I feel like, you know, I've always yo-yoed on my diet and, you know, wanting to be a lot skinnier than I really am. And, you know, people are just like, you look amazing. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm really not doing anything. I haven't even really been on a strict regimen or like a workout regime. I haven't done any of that, but it's just this joy and this love that's been overflowing. And that's just been seeping into everything that I do. And I just cannot be more happier than, than where I'm at right now. So yeah, super retreat has completely changed me. And it's just, and I've seen that in all the people that I've attended, you know, it's just that, that wake up. Right. Yeah. And I can tell you're really living your purpose right now, which is what I actually want for like every woman, you know, and I think that's in person. I mean, want to see people living their purpose and and there's a way to do it to do it in a way that you know you can sustain yourself um while you're while you're living out that purpose that you have um so it just to wrap up i mean is there anything that you want to share with women who you know might be interested in starting their own like for purpose enterprise and just not sure whether to take the plunge um and what would you say to, to those women? I would say, figure yourself out first, <laughs> you know, really, really think about just even just being conscious, even doing little journaling things like, um, you know, self-love or gratitude, you know, re- really just start with that, start with the core of who you are and where you want to get to, you know? where's that gap of, you know, where you are and, and where you want to be. And I think when you start to track that, when you start to really identify who you are, your core beliefs, then go and do some shadow work, like what you don't like about people, what, what you dislike and what you hate and, you know, and, and think about that. And I think that will also give you a better picture and more awareness of who you are. And then find the things you love. Don't think about what you don't have. Find the things you love. Think about what makes you happy. Think about what brings you joy. Because you can always make money out of those things because I think people will really like love it when they are with someone that is so passionate and so embroiled in like what they want to do. And, and, I, and it becomes infectious. And, and so if you want to do it, go and do it. You know, I, I'm, I'm always encouraging people to try. And even if it doesn't work out, even when you set a goal and you're heading there and it doesn't get to where you want, you, you, it's already taken you somewhere. Right. And in that place, you don't even know what else you're going to discover. But if you sit at home and you're not doing anything, you're just going to end up 
not doing anything. And, and, and I feel like life is really about possibilities. It's not about probabilities. Mm-hmm. If you think that you can go somewhere, go. And for women, it's carrying that torch. I'm going to carry it as far as I can. And I'm going to meet someone and they're going to be able to carry my torch way further. And I think for women to stop competing with one another, I mean, I, you're right. Like I'm at a place where I feel like I have a purpose and I, if someone wants to create another super retreat, amazing. I would love to partner with you. I'm not even upset because I think that we should all root for each other. I think we should all want to see each other win and it will never take away from who you are. And so whatever conditioning, whatever, sort of messaging has ever come to make you feel like there can only be one, it's a lie. So if you want to step out into your own truth, your own power, go and do so and, and be very conscious of it because sometimes, you know, you, you never know, right? Sometimes you're doing it for someone else and that's not your truth. And so until you can really figure out who you are and what you love and, and all the good stuff, all the bad stuff, I think then, then you will be a powerful force. And when that happens, I cannot wait to meet you. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been just a joy to spend this last 30 minutes or so with you. And it makes me so excited about this space of health and wellness and all the new kind of businesses and ventures and ideas that are going to fill this space. And I hope there are more women like you that are going to be at the forefront of it. Um, so thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode with yet another incredible woman giving a bleep. We always welcome continuing the conversation, so feel free to email me at womengiving at nabu.org with feedback or recommendations for other topics or guests you'd like us to interview. And of course, if you happen to be one of the brilliant women out there tuning in and would like to share what you give a bleep about, be sure to contact us as well. Follow our Instagram at nabu.org to be kept in the loop on everything social impact, culture and community. And until next time, keep on giving a bleep.